Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show, the only pro wrestling show on the planet, we think. Everybody always asks me about that intro, which I am going to change soon. It's been the same for like three years. I think we can update it, but I just got it off Fiverr. I went on Fiverr.com. The guy's very good, although as everything on Fiverr, it costs more than a Fiverr, <laughs> which never makes any sense on that website. But hey-ho, that's the world we live in. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, I want to do the quick shout out at the start for twitch.tv forward slash Simonler316. That's where you can catch these shows live, and the Twitch ones will always go up onto the audio feed too, but some don't, like this one, don't forget. It's not like this is going to go out on YouTube or Twitch either. It is predominantly for the audio feed because I like to give things back. And again, if you want to come on the show, you can patreon.com forward slash simon316 that is how i am able to do all of my personal stuff like you guys support it you guys make it happen which is flattering to say the least and don't worry if you can't i will i will do i would do with what i can but like i say it is thursday so we always get somebody on the show on a thursday and my man baz is returning today baz how we doing uh, kicking ass and chewing gum all right gum Hell yeah, Roddy, Roddy Piper, he knows this stuff. Do you know, they, they say that he made that lineup on the fly. I don't believe that, but that's why... <laughs> that's, that, no, that is... It's so different because Duke Nukem changed it. Like It was uh, it was originally, I'm here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. And then Duke Nukem switched it around to made a kick ass and chew gum. <laughs> yeah, that one was better. Duke Nukem's was better. Sorry, Roddy Piper. It's just because that's the first one that I heard, and then I learned about it, and I was like, oh, that's a strange... That's a strange twist of a twist of events. But of course, look, we are mere hours removed from AEW Dynamite. If you are listening to this on Thursday, the 16th of July, uh, the day that it, it shall go live. Uh, I've caught up with NXT as best as I can. So maybe we'll touch upon that. But as I say to the people that get super mad, look, I, I'm employed to review dynamite so i have to watch that one first you know i can't i, I can't just uh, i can't just not do that so i it's kind of the end of this three-week run that they've been having we had the two parts of fighter fest i thought very good and then we had fight for the fallen which is a charity event so you know there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that I'd have to sit down and actually think about this statement. This is kind of just coming to the top of my brain now. I think there's an argument to say that maybe this was the best of the three, depending on what you like from your... I, I think in terms of a show that got me excited about what's next is probably a better way to put it. But Baz, let's put the uh, the ball in your court to begin with. Happy, sad, indifferent? What did you think? Uh, I actually loved it. And I've seen some criticisms online of certain things that... I, I love it when I don't agree with the criticisms. <laughs> I think that's that's got to be one of my favourite things is when the criticisms are there and I don't agree with them, but I don't mind that they're there. It doesn't bother me. Like I've, I've seen a few different ones. I've watched ups and downs, so I know you're one thing you're not happy about that I loved. <laughs> but <laughs> I think I think more often than not, I just I'm really easy going. I like everything. Um, and when when something's bad, like during Fighter Fest, uh, there was a couple of bits where I was a bit like eh, that, that didn't quite work for me. Not most of it, most of it I loved, but there was a couple of bits I was a bit like, yeah, that could have been better, that could have been better, and that could have been done a bit better. Whereas this this one, I liked everything. I think the show as a whole just, it felt like a B pay-per-view. Like, it didn't feel like they're being double or nothing, obviously, but it felt like a B-level pay-per-view, which is kind of what they're advertising as yeah no i think the thing i liked about it the most is like i love a good wrestling match of course i do but and i mean this in a good way there are a dime a dozen these days you know, to even become a wrestler your in-ring uh, quality has to be pretty damn good right you it's quite oh, yeah. difficult to not get away with um with not being amazing but yeah when a wrestling has a wrestling show has so much story and so much narrative going on and i always say this and i know it gets boring but what can i do people keep shouting the same thing at me so i'll shout it back it's more about it's not about that I like every single story. It's the fact that I have so many stories to invest in and that I can pick and choose the ones that I like the most. And Kenny Omega, clear, I mean, maybe it's a ruse. I don't know. But at the moment, the feeling, obviously, is that Kenny Omega is going to go back to the cleaner character. He's going to go heel. He's going to be a bad guy. He's getting more and more frustrated. 
I, I just think it's great. I think it's awesome. That character has far much more edge and attitude than the Kenny Omega that we have seen. And of course, that's why it's so important that he was that guy for so long. Because to be a, you know, a, great, um, a great bad guy, you need to have, you know, you kind of need to show both sides of your character first. And then you, you, you need to have that juxtaposition. Terrible word, but you do. You absolutely need to have it. And honestly, you know, we tease this twice and three times if you're watching BTE this week. And I, I just think it makes so much sense because the question I always had was, okay, well, when we break up uh, Hangman Page and Kenny Omega, who actually is the bad guy? Because I didn't think they would do this. And I'm, I'm so happy that I'm wrong because I just think, again, with that extra bit of attitude and then you start putting him back in the big matches, I would, not anytime soon, but I would now have this version be the guy that beats John Moxley for the, champion, uh, the championship. I'm really, really excited about it. And the, the cool thing about it is if you tap into everything that he was doing in New Japan when that guy was at his peak, I absolutely think it will work over here. I think it will appeal to fans that haven't seen it. And of course, you'll get the nostalgia from people that did see it. And for a while, I've been going, oh, it's, what have you, blah, blah, blah. You know, better late than never, but better never late. But ultimately, this is the time to do it because, you know, maybe ratings have not fallen flat, but there's not really uh, peaking as much as they once were. So hell yeah, now is the time. Send Kenny Omega back to the top. I cannot wait for it. No, I think they've done a fantastic <laughs> job of teasing loads of little turns where you're not quite sure which way they're going to go like bte hasn't just been teasing the kenny omega turn for this one week they've been teasing it for weeks mm. so they've been doing a very good job of having that colt cabana be in the foil um like his attitude toward colt cabana and hangman's weirdly enough on their first appearance in was so aggressive and i know they did the whole running around chasing each other and it was very funny and a joke and all silly but it was already kind of sitting there going, well, Colt Cabana's this really lovable fool who everyone loves, and Kenny Omega and Hamman are being total dicks to him. And it's kind of like you're thinking, they're not playing him as a face right now. Well, that's the cool thing that I realised. Like, if you go through every single member of the elite or anyone that's been associated with the elite, the one guy that has always been consistent is Hangman Adam Page, right? He's kind of the guy who's... I mean, okay, he's hanging out with FTR, but he's not doing anything wrong. He's just having a few beers. You know, when they were just sort of becoming the tag team champions, Hangman and, and um, Omega, people were taking shots at Hangman, but he was the guy that always got the win. So... It, it, you know, the Young Bucks have had heel tendencies. Cody has had heel tendencies. Obviously, now Omega's going going all in with that. I just think, I don't know whether it was the plan or not, but that's irrelevant. You get some people going, oh, well, they didn't mean to do this. It doesn't matter. The The whole idea is that it feels like that has always been the plan. So you feel well, you rewarded. But exactly, yeah. yeah. And if you can look back into your own past and go, oh, wait a minute. You know, we can play off this. Awesome. That's much better than not doing it. Like, there's always that Bray Wyatt video that people go back to where he basically describes The Fiend and they go, oh, well, Bray Wyatt planned this for years. Well, maybe he didn't. Maybe when he was searching for a new character, he just went back and watched that video and, oh, man, I can extrapolate this. But at the same time, maybe he did. But it's about planting those seeds. I always talk about this and people never know what I'm talking about. But that's what it is. It rewards you for being a fan. It makes it feel like that you should watch every single episode because you don't know what you're going to miss and again like i say kenny omega as the you know the end level boss in all elite wrestling as the cleaner character after everything that i saw i mean he's one of the reasons i you know jumped back into new japan after i kind of watched it but kind of didn't i think is i'm not saying it's going to you know get everybody involved or allow dynamite to break a million i don't know i can't predict that but i do know given his skill set that is pretty exciting yeah i think that's the thing kenny is um because I, I didn't know anything about New Japan. I think we talked to my last time I was on your podcast that I only got back into watching wrestling because of the announcement of AEW. That, that's what brought me back into watching it after just watching WrestleMania every year for the last 30 years. Um, and when I finally got to sit down and watch um, a little bit of New Japan to build up to who Kenny Omega was, it was the uh, match at Dominion. Uh, and I know he played face in that match. I know he wasn't uh, healing up that match, but dear God, that match with Okada, the, uh, I think it was the third match. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah. And, oh my, that, that one hour plus Iron Man, or two out of three falls, I can't remember, but either way, that one hour plus match was outstanding. And it made me go, oh, this guy, this, this guy's the one I want. This is now my favourite wrestler. <laughs> and 
uh, as soon as Jericho was announced, that was great. And then I saw the Kenny Omega guy and I saw his wrestling. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that's the guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> No, but, so but you're not you're not alone either, right? There are so many people that did start watching New Japan. What happened is so many people started watching New Japan for Chris Jericho, which was the idea, and then they saw him having a you know they saw this other guy Kenny Omega, and they were won over by him. That's why Chris Jericho wanted to work there, and it's also why I, I kind of get so confused when you have people saying that oh Kenny is you know he's not the same as he once was and and this and that and I'm just like look okay he he's not got to that point yet but it is the first year of the company but he hasn't lost any of that like that that hasn't gone away of course it's going to no he's he's building at the end of the day he's he's actually running the company he's an EVP this isn't a small thing he's not going to come in and force himself into the star spot going I am going to be having a half an hour banger every single week for the title and uh, everyone else is just going to have to ride my coattails. He's come in, and in his time, he's helped build up new stars. Like Everyone complained when he had a competitive match with Alan Angels, and it made Alan Angels a name. Yeah, it instantly I mean, made you know who that guy was for me. You are, I loved it. You are right. I think actually AEW probably could have followed up on that better, to be fair. He kind of vanished off the face of the planet. But I'll put that down to the crazy situation we, we find ourselves in. But And you're 100% correct. But it's just, you know, the idea that Kenny Omega has lost his skill set is what baffles my brain because he hasn't. And of course, this same rhetoric is now back again simply because he did some... Uh, he did some selling for for Marco Stunt last night. Oh, it's just what is wrong with people? I, I don't know. I don't get it because it, it's on multiple levels. One, and this is not even the level that uh, you know. I feel like we need to discuss, but it's an argument. It's wrestling. It's not real. Like I hate that term, but it's not. Like it's predetermined. So you know, if, if you have a character that's an elephant and you got to sell for the elephant, you can do that. That's my point. You can do that. You have the. You, you you have the option to do it, should you so wish. But on top of that, they had a story that made perfect sense. Kenny Omega wasn't taking him seriously. I don't mean to repeat myself from ups and downs, but it's true. I've seen, I'm a big football fan, soccer for my American colleagues. And sometimes you see the big boys turn up to the lower boys and they're like, Bleh. so boxing's probably a better one. And then people get knocked out. Look at Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, you know, it goes on and on. If you don't turn up in the right condition, even the person that is clearly not as good or strong or whatever, as you can take advantage because they've got the heart and they've got the willpower and as soon as Kenny Omega realized that and started to play it seriously Marco Stunt was on his ass and he lost the match so I can't then understand why you get mad about I mean also what does that mean like do you want weight divisions in wrestling is that what you're asking for because if you do that's what New Japan does I mean less so recently but you know that's always the idea between their junior and heavyweight championship and I I would ultimately go to say if that's what you're looking for go and watch boxing go and watch MMA they're great sports and they will you know play to this reality that you desire to have because they are real (laughs) you know wrestling is not and that's why you can have more fun with it 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 blows my brain it really does well it 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 it's like that thing. People used to complain about Rey Mysterio getting offense against the Big Show. But David versus Goliath has been the thing in wrestling since the time immemorial, and it works. Having Marco have that extra little bit of oomph and that little bit of uh, fight in him has been the kind of hallmark of the character. The fact that, yes, he's small. Yes, he's, he's stature, stature is not matching anyone else in the company. But he is willing to take a kick in like no one else. And in doing so, he can pull off some great moves because no one expects it. And they built the character to suit that role just perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you hit the nail on the head. And I, I want to see Marco Stunt get offense in. One day, I want to see Marco Stunt get a surprise win because it will make me go, holy shit, right? I just, I don't tie into this idea that everything in wrestling has to be realistic. Some things do, of course, but some things just have to be fun too. Otherwise, what in the hell are we doing? I, th- I think yeah, we've gone completely down the wrong way. This is boring. Like, it's just so boring. But, you know, you could tell that something was going to happen as well, obviously, after a, he tried to make amends with FTR and they poured beer over his head. And then, you know, the Young Bucks, they haven't, you know, really pulled the trigger on that feud yet. And um, Hangman Page is obviously having a beer with them, as we talked about later. There's just a lot going on here. And there's a lot to be a lot to be excited about, which, of course, goes for the close of the show, too. What did you think of the finish of the Moxley Cage match? It was unsurprisingly divisive on the internet which i knew as soon as i saw it i was like oh meltdown coming but what was your i, I knew it would be an issue i knew some people would have an issue with the ending however for me it was pitch perfect 
the sold the story the entire way through. The commentary team were very much on our asses the entire time, telling us that bicep, watch out for that bicep, that bicep. Moxley did it in a promo beforehand. I'm going to go for that bicep. So they sold us the exact reason why this had to happen, and it protects Cage in a perfect way because it makes Cage still feel like a huge badass, and it makes his manager look like, hey. I just don't want to see my guy out on the on the bricks for the rest of his uh, career because he ain't going to tap. Hmm. And that's, He's not going to give up. <laughs> if, if the announcers hadn't have got that across as well as, as they had, I would agree with you. But they did. They told you the story. Like that one line by JR was perfect when he went, he can't be out for another five months. You know, he can't. He, this would be, you know, detrimental to his career. Exactly. It's, it's perfect. And the ending was the best way to protect Cage, but it also gives Moxley enough of an excuse to say, well, yeah, you're not getting back at the belt for any time soon. You're back at the bottom of the pecking order, mate. Yeah. Which is perfect. It it keeps Cage protected and keeps him away from that, you have to win the title or you're buried. And I I hate that mentality as well. You lose a match, you're buried, but it's a whole different conversation. (laughs) But I think it's the fact that now Brian Cage can turn his attentions to Darby Allen and no one's going to feel like, well, why aren't you going after John Moxley again? Well, because he's pissed off with Darby Allen. Like That was made abundantly clear. He needs to go and sort that situation. And of course, yes, you're going to have small guy versus big guy. But I'm sorry, David versus Goliath <laughs> happened a long ass time ago. I know it's not real, but you know, it's a story as old as time itself. And there's a reason for that. And it's because it, because it works. And if you can come up with a way, hey, maybe not straight away, but if you can come up with a way down the line for Darby Allen to get some kind of win over Brian cage i tell you you do that right and it's going to help him and you're kind of using brian cage in in, in a good way because i love brian cage but you know is he going to be the uh, the focal point of AEW? no he's not that's i just don't think he's that i don't think he's that guy nor do, i don't think he thinks he's that guy either so i i like the ending a lot uh, the fact that Darby Allen also stared down John Moxley presumes that maybe we're going to do something with that at some point too. Again, there's just layers here to uh, to to enjoy, which is also the same with the TNT Championship match with Sonny Kiss. Another controversial oh. thing because people on the internet are assholes. Let's not even talk about that. If you're a homophobe, honestly, stop listening to my show. I have yeah, no- those people <laughs> should just go away like- and just you know live in their basements it's true if if you genuinely (sighs) listen to this now and you don't like homosexual people fuck off right there goes i never swear on this show but i mean that you are you were living in the dark ages and even then it was ridiculous so some of the language i've seen online has been the worst oh it's so bad sunny kiss is so so good and he was ever since they hired him Ever since they brought him in, I was like, I saw his first match. I watched a couple of YouTube videos of matches he'd done on the indies. I was like, this guy is mint because his character is fun. It's like uh, the best of Bailey in NXT. Like that kind of effervescent, over the top, just everything's cool character. And then when they started to like not have him on TV, I understood it. Because what they were doing was very much protecting him as a character by saying, we need to find that perfect slot where you're going to fit because... We know what the online people are going to be like. We know how they're going to react to you. And we don't want you to just be a lower mid-card guy who just kind of comes on, gets jobbed out and goes away. We want to kind of bring you in when it makes sense. And having him in that tag team with uh, Joey Janela, it gives Joey Janela a major push, which is great. And having him there, I mean, that video they did was fantastic. Oh, yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it was really well shot too. It looked it looked really, um, really, really good. But then saying, okay, for anyone who's had doubts about Sunny Case, here's a TNT Championship match just to show you why this guy needs to be pushed. Mm. And for me, they they achieved that tenfold, having Sunny Case turn up the intensity because Cody was being an asset. So Cody was being an asset, showing off, being a bit of a dick, and Anderson calls him out for it. And then Sunny comes out, but that when he shoves the camera and just shows how intense he's taking this, he's not taking this lightly, he's not treating it like it's a bit of fun. There was no... Uh, twerking spot there was no like you know kiss my ass moment he treated it like a serious like i'm gonna win <laughs> yeah I, 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 I totally agree and it, you know the tnt open challenge for now should be given like john cena was doing back in the day it should be given random wrestlers that need a little bit of a shine the chance to shine and you know sunny kiss is um a growing talent 
you know, he will be far better in the future than he is now. Uh, because, oh, gotcha. you know, you, you can tell he's, he's a work in progress. And I mean that positively, like lots of people, uh, like I am myself as a professional wrestler. And he's miles ahead of oh, yeah. than me. But, like, so go on, man. Like private party, work in progress. They had a great couple of title matches, well, a great couple of matches in a row. But they're still a work in progress. They've still got some work to do, but that's not a bad thing. They, no. Every single time you see them, they improve, which is exactly what you want to see. They don't have a $50 million performance center where they can have, like, working on the same match over and over again to get TV perfect. They literally turn up on a Tuesday, get told this is the match you're having, try and work it out in the time you've got. We've got one ring. Um, and, you, you know, everyone else is trying to do the same thing. You've got all the trainees trying to practice as well. And then it's a case of, right, now you're going live. They don't have that huge kind of time to perfect a match. So, yeah, you're going to see some raw, uh, some raw kind of moments on TV where they're trying something they may have practiced once. Hmm. No, no, it's true. And that's, and that, that's how you'll learn, though. Yeah, and that, that should be how the... Uh, it should be what the open challenge is there for to, to again give these people opportunities and like I say and there was more story in that you had the four horsemen stuff you've got this idea that Cody is becoming a bit of a prick because he removed the turnbuckle pad and then was happy to celebrate with Sunny Kiss afterwards which is a massive like what well, was sort of an odd thing to do you were gonna you know you were gonna cheat yourself out, out of this a minute ago um, and I, I'm not 100% sure on this four horsemen thing either I think it feels too flagged I feel oh, like no, I don't I don't think Cody's gonna be in the horseman I think Cody's gonna be the uh, the foil i think he's going to be the dusty i think they're they're hinting at cody being the horseman but i've just got this feeling like as you say they're going way to ott on it yeah which is which is good if that is the case like i like a red herring i like being well that that's what they did with us with the uh, dark order <laughs> Well, it that, was definitely Mahardy. It was well, 100% Mahardy. Oh, it's not Mahardy. I think at <laughs> one point matter. it was meant to be Marty Skell. That just sounded to me like it was a who the hell can we actually get through the door given everything nuts that's going on. Well, apparently, according to the interviews and stuff, like they've all come together and said, yes, it was supposed to be Marty Skell come December, but when yeah. that got scrapped, they were trying to think of someone else. And as early as January, they made the decision that it was going to be Brody Lee. And they, they decided that, which is why all the teases for The Dark Order they never alluded to Brody Lee. They teased a load of other people. They teased Raven at one point, for God's sake. And they kind of just kept sprinkling loads of people, but they stayed away from anything that referenced Brody Lee being the leader of the Dark Order, so that when he came in, it was a genuine, like, some people had picked up on it, because some people were like, hmm, Brody Lee's definitely going to sign with them, and his non-competes up. <laughs> but uh, I think they had that plan from January, and I think that's what shows, because... It was all elite wrestlings on Twitter and their own kind of social media and their own guys in the ring who were kind of hinting a load of other people. No, yeah, and it, um, it was well done. And that's again, I think you're right with Cody. I think there'll be a a different story to tell. And also him teaming with Sean Spears doesn't make any sense. Those guys oh, hate yeah, each not, other. Not so. even remotely. That, that would make no sense because Sean Spears, they're doing a phenomenal job of rehabbing him on Dark which is brilliant. Uh, but again, we'll get to more about that in a little while. I think let's uh, keep on fighting for the fallen because otherwise we'll be, <laughs> we'll be here all day. Well, yeah, I mean, the only other thing I wanted to sort of mention was the, um, again, it, it, the FTR Lucha Brothers match was just more four horsemen teasing. And then that's when you had the big thing at the end with, with Kenny Omega. And, and, and when, you know, we still kind of got this free, this friendship between um, FTR and the Young Bucks at the moment, but that's going to implode. I was, I presume, probably towards the end of the year when we get to All In, All Out, whatever the hell we're calling it now. I think you likely do it on that show, and I think that's the time to do it. Like, of course, we'd love for fans to be in the arena, but I think that kind of argument falls on its ass now because. You know, yeah, I mean, especially in Florida, that does not look like. But even right now in the UK, lockdown two is trending. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, there's every chance that we're not going to get fans for a while, so you can't hold off your plans forever. It's like um, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Everyone, wait, wait, wait! You can't do it forever. You just sometimes have to accept the situation uh, situation that you're in. And just go with it. And I, I think you know around that time would be uh, would be it would be a good thing to do it. But again, just a solid match. Um, not as good as the crazy eight man tag they had last week. But I, I didn't expect it to. Uh, I didn't expect. I don't it think to. you could get as good as that. I mean, I've seen a few people complaining about the fact that the uh, Lucha Brothers had a bit of a botch early on, where they tried oh, to do a cannibal cares? thing, and and they said, "Oh, it took me out of the match." And I don't understand them because for me. People are going to make mistakes in matches. It kind of adds to realism for me because if it's too polished and too perfect, yes, that can be great. 
but there's always that contrivance in a wrestling match and there's always those things that can go wrong and that's what kind of makes it interesting to me. I think I said this last time I was on with the unit. I don't understand when people go, well, that just took me out of the match completely. I'm like, no, that no. match was phenomenal. It's just, it was really good. That, I guess it wasn't as good as the eight-man, but... Eh. That's just people. That, again, you just you just hit the nail on the head. Some people will say it was, oh, it's too polished, I don't like it. And the next week, oh, you made a mistake, I don't like it. It's just the naysayers. I, like, the, the, to think that no one's ever going to botch is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's such a redundant point to make in many ways, because of course mistakes are going to happen, but... Yeah, like this was all about the, the fallout, you know, Butcher and the Blade <laughs> lose their truck as, <laughs> as the Young Bucks get it back. And <laughs> I suppose what I think will happen is I think FTR will likely win the, the tag titles after Kenny Omega obviously goes goes bonkers or something like that. And I think that makes sense. And then you can maybe the Young Bucks win them and the FTR gets them off that. I don't know. But, you know, so words to that effect. But I do think that um, with the Kenny Omega thing coming to a head, you don't need him to be tag team champion for much longer. And they've held those belts long enough. You know, the, it's done its job, which was to signify how good their tag division was, which it is, to get Hangman Page over, which it has, and now to, you know, have a launching pad for Kenny Omega. So it's all about when you want to do it. But we've, we're there. We're ready to go. Well, what do you think to uh, the other horsemen being hangman? That, that's the other nah. thing I've seen because he's hanging out with them. I know it's teasing, but I think I, but that, the he's other a heel then, and I don't think he's. I don't. You, I don't think you can turn Hangman Page heel. He's beloved. I no. think that'd be crazy. For me, it's too. It's like it'd be like turning Orange Cassidy heel. It's like, yeah, yeah, I just, I just, I think. You know, the cool thing that we've got now is that we've we've played our hand and it's Kenny Omega that's going to take that take that walk. You know, if anything, this should be FDR. If anything, you should, I don't think they'll do this, but you should put Kenny Omega in the Four Horsemen. Do you know what I mean? And it turns out FTR was just, uh, you know, that they, they, it was a ruse and they were they were playing Hangman the whole time. And I don't I think you should do that. I hadn't thought of that. That's well, amazing. Well, I, I think that would it, actually be awesome. It'd be a little bit on the nose, but, you know, I'd rather they did that. Hangman to me is, because to me, the goal should be to get the title on Hangman, beating it off Kenny Omega after a long ass time. I'm talking a year or something like that. And if you do anything before then, yeah, you know, so... We'll see. We'll, well, we'll yeah, like double nothing two, uh, double nothing three next year. Hangman versus uh, Kenny yeah, for the belt absolutely. would be an absolute barnstormer. That yeah. would be one because you've had this rich story building them in, and they've already started teasing that descent in the sense of in being being the elite and on Dynamite and Dark. They've already hinted that we're not friends. We're just very good at what we do. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. So that's what I w- I would put into motion. Um, and then we had everything with Chris Jericho and the inner circle. My life's already been made a living hell because nobody actually listens to what I say on ups and downs. They just they just take snippets and push it together and come up with their own opinions. Uh, I did not say that the Chris Jericho segment, inner circle segment, got a down. What I gave a down to was the fact that Chris Jericho has just lit a fire under this damn ratings nonsense, which I'm so sick of because... Look, I'm just talking about it from my point of view. I'm bored of getting about 100 tweets a day of people telling me how much AEW sucks and how much NXT sucks. And because of the 18 to 40, I just don't care. I like it. I enjoy talking about them as a statistic and to see who's doing better and who's doing worse. Much like I enjoy game sales. Oh, that did well. Like Call of Duty game sales I get interested in. Uh, but that's all I meant. It was just a personal thing. I just I, I understand what he was doing <laughs> and he did it and he did it very, very well. But outside of that, everything was here it was just old school, brilliant wrestling. And it was funny and it was entertaining. And Chris Jericho is not above making himself look like a fool, which is what a good bad guy should do. So I thought everything else was excellent. It's going to build to, you know, feuds between Marco Stunt and Chris Jericho and Orange Cassidy and Luchasaurus. There's nothing wrong with any of that. That's all great booking. I just rather, you know, Chris Jericho is just given a free pass for anybody that wants to be a massive dick on the internet about ratings oh chris jericho did it so i'm gonna do it that's it that's all it was i think uh i get you i'm gonna i I do disagree with you on this one (laughs) it's one of the few where i do but i loved it because i thought well this narrative's going around online jericho is a incredibly clever guy when it comes to anything to do with uh, wrestling because this is why he's uh he's the meme machine He's the guy who can just throw a comment out there and become a meme. And it works. And he already sees this divisiveness online for me. And he's just taken it and run with it and run with the ball with it because it's like, it's always there. And it's what you said. It's never going away. Every single week, this discussion keeps happening and it's not going to stop. We can all pretend that, oh, head in the sand, it'll go away eventually, but it never will. As long as those two shows are against each other, this is a perpetual conversation. 
and Jericho just poking the bear because only Jericho could do it. I agree that with what you said on ups and downs, Steve Austin or The Rock or pretty much anyone else wouldn't have sounded half as competently stupid as Jericho does. But Jericho owning it and becoming the demo god, which I popped at, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was funny, it was engaging, and it basically said to me, yeah, he's reading the same comments we all are. And it's all very much petty and dumb. And he reads all the people going, AEW's dead this week. AEW's dead. Ha ha, they're being beaten. They're dead. They're going to be out of business in a year. And he's gone, I can, I can piss these people off. <laughs> I can just, I can get under the skin a little bit more. Because if anyone's going to, why not him? And to me, it was just funny. I laughed so hard. And I get you. I actually understand what you're saying. Because on Thursdays, that entire conversation is tiresome but if someone can take that really tiresome and boring conversation that happens every thursday and make me laugh then yeah cool <laughs> i see what you mean i i i i just on the other side i'm just on the other side of the fence you know to me it's it's I, it's not going to go away but i think actively stoking the flames i just think it's a bad idea and also i don't think if you're trying to appeal to casual fans you need to start talking about that i don't think they give a hoot i don't think they i just don't think they care and i kind of worry we're stepping into territory that a lot of uh, a lot of wrestling shows do but look it's not a massive problem to me it's not something i'm going to i'm going to overthink at all again the main um, you know, the main takeaway I had about it was we're carrying on the Orange Cassidy feud. Had the classic, awesome. yeah, you know, had the classic uh, <laughs> liquid falling from the sky again. We've done, we've seen this a thousand times in wrestling, and I'm all right with that. Although, I'm happy with although it. Although nothing beats Ortiz. Oh, nothing, it, Ortiz nothing is brilliant. Beats he, how he, much Ortiz made me laugh. I mean, Ortiz usually makes me laugh because he's his comic timing is phenomenal. That's my favorite word of the day, phenomenal. By, by the sound of it, I've said it about fifteen times, <laughs> but. Um, his comic timing is always good, but oh, him falling all over the place in orange juice and just constantly slipping up, and Jericho being like, "Get off your ass!" <laughs> oh, come on! No, it was it was it was um, it was it was well put together. And obviously, we're going to have the tag match next week. Chris Jericho joins commentary just to to get all of that over. And then again, you know, what I loved about this episode was we then opened the door, like I say, to something else that was going on with Chris Jericho. Not one character only has a singular thing going on because, you know, he's now going to fall out with Marco Stunt, who for some, you know, stupidly, Marco Stunt decided to go after Chris Jericho. I really enjoyed the Lucha Express, um, uh, sorry, the Jurassic Express taking on the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega too. Like we've already mentioned oh, Kenny Omega. Night. Yeah, we already mentioned Kenny Omega going crazy at the end, but it's these kind of matches that I think AEW just shines at. And sure, if you want to say, oh, it was like a an indie match. Yeah, but th- that's a style that people enjoy and people love. So, you know, building a company off the back of that, I, I don't have an issue with at all. I, it was I, I a really, really fun match. Yeah, like, it like, was a really fun match with plenty of storyline, which I don't know how you can complain about that. Well, I honestly think at this stage, if you're tuning into AEW and getting mad at stuff like this, you are you, you're you're hate watching. Well, yeah, exactly. You're, you're you're crazy. Like you have to accept that you are putting yourself in a position where you're going to get mad. Um, but it was just good, and I, the, you know, I, I'm stealing this from the Wrestling Observer, but they are correct. You know, the only their only real shame is that Luchasaurus was so over with the fans and so over with uh, so over with the crowd that to to lose that is you know guys like him and Orange Cassidy and Otis in, in WWE they just they had this really cool connection that was stolen away. But again, everybody's dealing with that, and you just have to. You just have to, to roll with the punches. I'd be right with Jurassic Express having uh, some kind of tag team championship run at some point. Well, I think, I think uh, the plan, what was discussed as a rumour, but I do believe that's what they were aiming toward, was the Jericho Cruise next year. They were going to introduce trios belts. It was rumoured for a while, and then it looked like it was definitely on that kind of run because you had them suddenly building a lot of different trios and trio factions, and it seemed like that's definitely where they're heading because... If they were to do that, the first champion should be Lucha, uh, should be Jurassic Express because they're so over. And the, the cruise is apparently still going ahead next year. It's been sold out. So, well, I'm not against it. You know, fingers crossed it will. And if it does, and if they do go for Trio's belts, like it was originally rumored because it's a New Japan thing, but not very uh, prominent in the West. I know ROH do it, but uh, for casual fans, it's not really out there. 
So it'd be something very different that casual fans haven't seen. And to be able to say that you have these fantastic trios without having to break them up into just twos like you have with the New Day. Like imagine like the New Day being able to run trios belts. I yeah. mean, that's kind of what they do anyway by having it be a free bird rule. Yeah, I'm, I've always been a fan of the trios titles. Like you say, I'm, I'm all for things that feel different in wrestling. And, you know, the first time I learned about that, I was like, oh, wow, that's a really cool idea. And, you know, this it certainly makes sense for a big American company to do it. Because, again, you're going to stand out from your competition, which is it's what it's all about. That's 100% what oh, it's yeah. all about. So, yeah, no, I, I hope they do do, do, do something like that. Um, we had the Nightmare Sisters taking on I, I can't even remember the people's names but they weren't important i don't mean to be horrible to those people i'm sure they'll go on to great things but it was uh it was a couple of enhancement talents to use the to use the correct phrase i again i mentioned this before i will say that i think we need to start showing clips from dark on dynamite because not everyone is going to be listening to the commentary as much as they should and the commentary team were great on this episode from start to finish i'm not going to to, to, to debate that but yeah, that's just something I like to do more of. But I do enjoy this story. Uh, this is a story that I want to go exactly how it would go if I was writing it in the sense that it's the, it's technically a really boring story because it's obvious. But that's what I want. You know, I want it to turn out that Ali is a, uh, or the bunny, is uh, a plant, a mole. She's just trying to oh, screw up. And then, and then you just have those to. guys. Every time teams. they mention it, she changes the subject. Every time they bring up uh, Butch and the Blade, which Alex Marvez has done like twice, I think. Uh, she goes, isn't cutie cutie? <laughs> and she just changes the subject and doesn't even slightly respond. I feel like there's there's definitely a story there. Otherwise, the commentators and everyone wouldn't even bring it up. Yeah. If they were just switching her flat and just moving away from it, they wouldn't talk about it the same way they didn't talk about the Nightmare Collective when that had ended. They just stopped talking about it. Done. It's gone. No, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I think they should do that too because I think it would be disappointing at this stage if they didn't. That's the story that you want. And like we just said, it sets up a new feud for Butcher and Blade and um, and these two guys as well. And Brandy Rhodes can be all mad and upset. and It just writes itself. It, it just writes itself. And I, 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 you know, I get it. If if you don't watch Dark, it was a little bit like, what what's going on? <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. But again, I think, I, I think AEW is getting better with that week in, week out. So I'm not as flabbergasted with it as much as I was. Because there was a time when, honestly, if I wasn't able we to catch... We didn't even talk about it. Well, no, I, I, if you didn't see Dark, you'd watch Dynamite. Like, what's happening? You can't do that. You have to let people know what's going down. But hey-ho, either way, it's it, 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 it's all good. Um, Ali and Brandy have improved week on week for me as well. Like, uh, even watching them on Dark, they're not just as a team, like, they're doing that very good story where they're doing the how coming together as a team and starting to understand each other's kind of like weaknesses and strengths and helping each other out, but also still pissing each other off just that little bit. And they're doing that well, but their actual wrestling since when they started has improved as well because obviously behind the scenes they've been working. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. I quite like them as a team, too. I think they're quite... Uh... I really do. I think Ali's come a massively long way from the bunny, which felt a bit... Eh. Weird. <laughs> it was still pointless. is weird. It, it's still weird. It was pointless because the whole thing was like, they're these mercenaries who people bring in, but they always lose. <laughs> it's like, they're really good wrestlers. Why do you keep making them lose? <laughs> well, that's a, that's a, that was, is a conversation for another time. <laughs> I want I want your thoughts on Vicky Guerrero. She is obviously the new manager of Nyla Rose. I I will say this. I like Vicky Guerrero a lot. I do. I think she's very good at what she does, but I am just a tiny bit concerned that I've seen this before, if you know what I mean. Like, yeah. it doesn't help that we've already got Arn Anderson, Jake Roberts, Tally Blanchard, and, and whoever Taz. But the thing is, I've never... I've never seen those guys in recent memory. Like Jake the Snake, when was the last time you saw him on proper TV until this? Same with Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson. So I, I get a kick out of them because of their nostalgia. Vicky Guerrero, Vicky Guerrero obviously was doing her thing as this character as GM or manager, whatever. Six years ago. It, right? And that's the thing. That's the thing, which is not a problem, but it, it just is a tiny bit because I feel like there may have been other people out there that could have served as the, you know, almost the perpendicular, you know, male to female I, I, I don't know. I, need, I don't want to. I don't want to crap on it yet because it is going to make people hate Nyla Rose more. And if that's your job, why go out and get anybody else? But when we were doing the excuse me stuff, honestly, it, it would be like 
Oh, I can't even think of a, 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 another character now. It was just too WWE, I think. I think that's the problem. I think it was just too close to what they'd done before. That's well, not to say it's not going to work, though. I want to make that clear. It does, does not saying that. That was just my, you know, uh, reaction, <laughs> okay. reaction to it. I'll, I'll give you my two bits on this one, then. Um, my partner cannot stand listening to her voice. She finds her so, like, that, that grating, you know, the excuse me. She finds it so grating. Uh, so she's already got the heel thing over with my partner. <laughs> but with me, I think there's a twofold here. I think after she did that spot on Dark and WWE kind of blackballed her from all her interviews, which she was starting to make her podcast actually work and it was starting to get some decent uh, traction. And then all of a sudden, all the people that she'd get on a podcast that have decent numbers online that would have had like a good polling amount were suddenly banned. <laughs> because they weren't allowed to work on a podcast because she did, you know, a 25-minute commentary spot. <laughs> I think part of it is a little bit of Tony Khan feeling a little bit of uh, responsibility for that and going, okay, well, I do feel bad, so what can we do for you in our company? Where can we put you? And um, I think they don't want her in a GM role. And I think that's the biggest difference between this and what she's done in the past. What she's done in the past has always been from a place of power. And it's always been from a place of authority. So she had that like mock GM. She was never just a straightforward, I'm a manager. And I think putting on the manager of a female as well is a huge difference compared to being like, you know, the weird love interest thing she had with Edge that was just odd. <laughs> <laughs> but instead of that, you've got her actually just being a complete dick manager. And I love the way in the promo she snuck in lie, cheat, steal in that order. And I was like, well done. A little bit of writing there, Vicky. And for me, I've got this on the other side of you on the sense of yes, it's got potential to to go wrong, but I'm cautiously optimistic that AEW have so far proved that they know how to use nostalgia properly and not not kill it, not make you feel like oh god, this is just a repeat of everything we've seen before, but go this actually works. And, you know, let's be honest, if it doesn't work, they've proven in the past, if something ain't working, they'll drop it like a bad habit. It's true. It's true. And again, I'm not I'm not going in either way with it at the moment. It was just, it's the first one so far where I was like, I've seen this, man. Like, <laughs> Do I need to see this again? I don't know. I also thought Myla, Nida Rose was fine by herself. But I need yeah, to see. I, I didn't think she needed a mouthpiece. I'm not going to lie. I think, you know, put the mouthpiece with someone who could, like need a mouthpiece, someone who's a little bit struggling on the mic. Mm. I also think but, that, they, that you probably have overdone the managers a little bit. They're like the opposite of WWE now. I'm desperate for more managers in WWE. And AEW, I'm like, I've got enough managers, man. It's all good. You haven't got to give me any more managers. But that's. Uh, I'm sure there's a plan. I, I, I'm sure there's a plan. Well, I think the women's divisions are... Oh, well, that's another discussion, but hopefully we can touch on that at some point before the end of the call. <laughs> Well, well, we can do it now. I mean, that's that, that's Fighter Fest, essentially. Oh, yeah, uh, we, so we've fight, done Fighter Fest. Fight. So, what, so you thought the show was great overall? Yeah. I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Like, I thought it was awesome. But, uh, of course, because I had one thing I didn't like about it, it means I hate the whole thing. I know how the internet well, works. No, it's all... <laughs> you, you know, like, what? I think there was, like, seven ups and one down. Yeah, but dude, that, that, that doesn't that's... matter, man. That is irrelevant. All they see is the one down. That's all they care about. It's the classic YouTube <sighs> thing. Like, you can have a hundred comments saying you're great, but you just focus on the one. That is, but I honestly well, don't care. I, Good I for... don't understand it because I don't, I, like, I don't agree with you down in the sense of I've already said I'm, I'm on the other side of the fence, but it doesn't mean you don't have the right to say it. It's your opinion. Well, Everyone that's... has an opinion, but it's not like you were being inflammatory or derogatory. You weren't saying, like, they're absolute asshats for doing this. How dare they F them? It was like, you just said, personally, not my thing. Yeah. Which, it's your show. It is. You're damn right. <laughs> you do you. You're damn right <laughs> it's my show. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I think uh, I, I think both shows are on a bit of a roll at the moment. I do think, talking about the ratings, that they... I'm worried just because there was so much sport on television last night in America. There's no way you can come out the other side and it not affect you a little bit, which is a massive shame. But again, it, it, it it's not something that we need to live on die on as fans. It's just oh, I don't, I don't think even the networks are that worried right now. No, I think the networks understand completely. They, they like, I think they come out personally. It's like AEW if they were hitting four hundred thousand fans, they uh, like the network were perfectly happy with that. They were like, yep, yeah, side. 
yeah. the fact they got even more than that was beyond their wildest expectations. So I think, to be fair, uh, that demographic, I know you hate the discussion, but the fact is, as long as they hit that demographic and they're in the top 50, then I think the network are like, yes, I'd, because they weren't, they weren't even in the top 50 for, I think they said they, they hadn't appeared in the top 50 on that, in that time slot for five years. No, no, totally. And I, I, so, I want to I, I point out that I, I don't hate the discussion at all. I'm happy to have the discussion. Oh, I, I know you don't. I, you said perfectly that you do like the discussion. It's that you hated the, the diatribe of it online about the... Yeah, and people... NXT and NXT is better. Yeah, it gets annoying. And people adding on like the word prick to the end of their statements. You're like, all right, dude, what's going on? I'm so tired of the aggression, man. Yeah, that's what I'm so tired of the aggression. It annoys me so much. I don't... I know you, you say you find the online thing funny. I, I'm getting to the point where I it, it used to be. And I'm getting so bored of people's aggression online now. I'm getting so bored of people saying horrifically bad things and it just being treated as like, oh, that's what online's like. No, that and is it's true. getting so like I have no problem with people having different opinions. I don't care if someone's Republican or Democrat or in this country conservative or Labour or Liberal. I have no problem with anyone having a different opinion. I do have a problem with people using that different opinion to spout hate. Yeah, of course. No, and, I, I don't. And I'm online, people seem to see, treat this like a free pass. And when it comes to the ratings discussion, you've got a few key people who appear in every single thread, and it's every every single opportunity they can to hate on one thing or the other. And it's it's not uh, solo to NXT fans hating AEW. It's not solo to AEW fans hating WWE. It's it's literally both sides. But you've got these few people and it's like they live for that kind of uh, you're a South Park fan right mm-hmm. you've seen the episode uh, or the, the story arc about the trolls yeah, yeah yeah that's what it is it's not someone reacting because they actually care it's someone reacting because they want to see other people react and they yeah. want to cause that chaos of no, no, 100%. that overreaction and, oh it just exhausts me uh, the aggression with which people treat it is you know, just be nicer to each other, man. Like you can disagree with each other, have a have a conversation about it, disagree, have a debate, all good. But the moment you start just going, you're a prick, you're an f word, you're a c word, you're this, and it just gets like, oh well, glad I disagree with you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's why it's, it's, it's always best to ignore them. Always best to ignore them. Um, we do have um, another event happening at the weekend, though. Of course, it's Slammiversary for for Impact. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I've actually bought it. Well, look, look, I tell you this: if if you're a fan of Heath Slater, Gallows and Anderson, EC3, Rusev, uh, I mean, you know, you name the person that was let go from WWE a few months ago, they have all been rumored to turn up at Slammiversary. Now, I would. Well, the Rascals have just announced an open challenge, right? I wonder who that's going to be. But it's the it's the main event which I've got uh, the most interest in, simply because. I think, well, not the most interesting one, but I think that's the easiest one to figure out. Former world champion, obviously, you know, Tessa Blanchard's gone, so the title's up for grabs. You have to imagine that it's um, EC3 coming back. I mean, even Bubba Ray's been teased for this show, so that's going to be... It's it's insane, but I also think there's something in the water for EC3 because a lot of what he's been saying he wanted, you know, to his control on his own narrative... And a lot of people, because of his connection with Jericho and because he had that meeting with Jericho long before he got released, <laughs> and they've talked a lot about that, is he keeps just making clear, I'm fighting on July 18th. I am fighting on... Now, if, you, if you're going down that mentality, he's telling everyone, I'm at Slammiversary because that's the only wrestling event going on on July 18th. But is it? <laughs> Is is uh, is someone going to release something on uh, Saturday night from their own company, i.e. New Japan? Because New Japan America is running now, so is New Japan going to release something? Is AEW going to release like a special match that just appears on their YouTube? Because it does, because uh, that's how they can do it sometimes. Are they going to completely subvert the narrative? Because he's been very clear he doesn't want to give away where he's going, but then he keeps saying, I could go to any one of these companies. Look at this list of companies I could go to. Well, I'm wrestling on July 18th. To me, it's that Cody Red Herring thing. It feels like he's giving it away too much. <laughs> I know what you're saying. And it could be the case of you, like a double-double tease, if you know what I mean. But from, yeah. a, from a, a logic standpoint, 
you know, I think him returning to Impact and becoming the champion almost salvages this nightmare he's had for the last few years, which is why oh, I yeah, kind of hope that it... That's why I kind of hope that it happens. I mean, whether it doesn't, I don't know. But we will uh, we will see. But I, I just I think it's quite exciting. I mean, Gallows and Anderson were locked. They signed the contract. It's already got out there. But I would love to see Heath Slater, and I'd love to see him used in a you know in a role that he was on on, um, on Raw recently. I doubt Rusev is going to be there because I mean he announced that he had coronavirus a few weeks or not even that a few days ago. So that sounds nuts. And also I love Impact, but. Out of everyone that got released, you know, the guy that is still untapped is Rusev. No one ever did anything. They, they did I, I want to see him AEW. I want to see him in AEW because... so much because I think they would, they knew what they know what they've got with him. The same way as they did with Jake Hager. I mean, Jake Hager is not the most polished player, but Jake Hager's got a lot of charisma that he's, that's always been untapped for me. And as part of the um, the inner circle, he's been showing that more and more. Now, everyone can disagree with his wrestling style as much as they want because some people find him too slow. I actually really like his wrestling style. It's just that mix of MMA and wrestling, and it works for me. Um, on a, I don't mind that slowed down scale of a match, but they've utilized him in a way that he feels like a big deal for me, where he didn't before. No, yeah, and, and Rusev doesn't have the he's not a f- I mean he is a former WWE guy but he's not I don't feel like he has that taint at all because like I say it, like you said it feels untapped so now the time is to, is to tap into it and he has so much goodwill I, you know, I can see I know it's just the internet that you have to take that with a pinch of salt but it certainly seems that way so I, oh, I don't know came out to Wrestlemania in a tank let's be honest there's, uh, people have forgotten about that are going to know who that guy is <laughs> I know but that was so long ago <laughs> he's been crushed ironically so much since then I, I certainly think he needs a, a, he needs something but that's why I think Zack Ryder will eventually go to AEW but I think he should go to some other companies first I think he should bounce around and you know try and what? get that momentum for himself and then yeah, go to all they've been wrestling. very clever They've been very clever in that, haven't they? In the sense of, they made it clear that, that yeah, just because these guys are being released from WWE, we're not just going to sign loads of people. We're in a pandemic too. <laughs> yeah, which, which people have to remember. Yeah, of course. Pat on the back, like yeah, fair enough. At least they're not doing that whole. Oh, all these guys that we could make, they're concentrated on the roster. Like, so Slammiversary will be interesting. If it wasn't EC3, who would you want it to be? Oh, I, in I mean, that spot a former I, I can't even think I'll have to look it up I mean who the hell even is a on, TNA world champions I can't remember they had, I mean Ken Shamrock of course it's not going to be him but you know, that's that's the first one that, that comes to my mind I mean you could say it's Kurt Angle I doubt that very highly you could say oh, it's yeah, Sting I doubt that very very highly <laughs> Um, I mean, Billy Ray was the champion. So yes, it could be Billy Ray. That's fair. I doubt they would have got Alberto Del Rio back because that would be the stupidest decision you could possibly do. Oh, God, no. I think, I think his career in America for the foreseeable well, future is done. Know, <laughs> the, the, these, these are options that people have had. I mean, Eli Drake was on there. I don't think... I like Eli Drake, but he needs something else to... You know, to, to spice that. But of course, Eric Young. It could be Eric Young. Eric, yeah, Eric Young got released too. But I like Eric Young. I just think EC3 has more of a, a more of an impact than all those guys. So, you know, that I would get be, that. That would be um, uh, my, my thing. So we'll, we'll, we'll wait and see, though. I mean, I, I think they've done a good job in promoting this show. That's the key. I'm quite looking forward to well, watching it. Yeah, it made me buy it. It's twenty quid, and I was like, screw it. Getting it. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Mick Foley was involved. Mick Foley was TNA champion too. Just throwing it out there. Mick Foley was a TNA love, champion. <laughs> if Mick Foley's been the champion of it, then you know it's got legit cred. But to be fair, the impact, and what I've ever seen of impact has always been the same feeling where I don't think they were destroyed by Russo and Hogan the way everyone else does. I think they were destroyed because they were going that way. They were heading down a bad path a long time before they turned up. They turned up and it just kind of went a little bit worse. But they were trying to rehab something where I think if they brought Jim Ross in when they thought they were going to. Have you read Under the Black Hat at all? I have, yeah, yeah. No, it's a good book. Yeah, so the Jim Ross went to Dixieland to have a chat and talk it through and he basically said, you need to get rid of a lot of these people. We're going to have to do a lot of firing. And, and they just Dixie was unwilling to because apparently for all, all Dixie's problems, she was quite loyal. She wanted to kind of like show honor to these people because she trusted them when she brought them in. But they did exactly that. They kind of run her company into the ground by just booking in a really weird way. <laughs> 
Well, I think the problem with Hogan as well, he, he, he didn't really care, did he? Uh, neither did Bischoff. They were kind of just there and then they and they gave up. I don't think they killed the company, but I don't think not they had the, the best... In, not, not even the best intentions. I just don't think they knew what to do and they couldn't no, really they be bothered. they were just there to wrestle because they weren't getting anything in WWE. Hogan had been kind of shoved out. So he was like, right, I'll go away. Yeah, no. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap up is, of course, the big rumor that Raven, of all people, started today. Uh, apparently good friends with Billy Corgan. And apparently Billy Corgan, understandably, like most people are, is disillusioned with the wrestling business and NWA may not be being brought back. Uh, it would be a massive shame. I liked that show. It felt like a throwback. It felt different, which is difficult to do. But again, you know, if your business partner has done the things that have been thrown out there, I don't think anybody could blame him, and it would be a it would be a massive shame. But we'll see. Well, you know, wrestlers say a lot of things. It's not the first time, is it? It's not the first time he's been burned by the wrestling industry. I mean, he bought into TNA. Oh well, yeah, of course. Yeah, exactly. It absolutely knackered him over, and he screwed him out of a lot of money. <laughs> so. It's not the first time he's been burned by the wrestling industry, and this is the second time that it's gone and kicked him in the ass. So, I can't, I can't really blame the guy. But I liked NWA Power. I watched the full first season, but then the all I could ever think, and it's terrible. But all I ever thought, you know, when I saw certain guys like Ricky Starks, for instance, or Thunder Rosa, was God, I'd love to see them in AW. It's, it's, it's not a good narrative on the show if that's all I'm thinking but that's that's all I could ever think the amount of times were because you know two minute matches three minute matches just they get old after a while and when their time limit on a match was six minutes I, I got to the point where I, I wasn't enjoying it as much regardless but I don't want it to go away because I think it was a it was a good little different space online something completely unique it was and i get the aw thing i mean aw is your you know it's one of your shows of choice so you, you always want that right like you know oh I, that's definitely true yeah I, yeah I i always want to see you know the wrestlers that i enjoy in the, in the in the bigger companies to see them against my favorites i think that just stands to reason as uh, as a wrestling fan but we'll see wrestlers say a lot of nonsense so it may absolutely um, be gibberish and it would be a huge shame if it did go away it it would be a sad one and just before we go as well, can I, we just have two minutes on the women's division of AEW? Go, man. Here's your, here's your two I minutes. Just, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one I wanted to talk about because like, I've seen a lot of criticism on the women's division and I think some of it was rightly earned in the early deals, early stages of the division because what they went for and what happened didn't work for them. They went for a very international feel, which is what they were starting to do. They wanted a very international feel because having yet another big American women's division was going to be hard because you had a lot of the good ones, a lot of the best wrestlers snapped up by WWE already. So a lot of the other people out there were just getting into the business or green or have already kind of been through that system. And then you had TNA on the other side taking up all the others. So you, you had a very limited pool. So they went, well, how can we be different? The same way they are with the tag division. It's a different kind of division than anyone else. So they went, let's have a more internationally spread division. And that has bit them on the ass so many times now. And it's kicked them in the ass. And then the pandemic hit and they got screwed over on the fact that uh, you had Sadie Gibbs, you had B Priestley, um, you had Riho, you had Emi Sakura, you had um, quite a few others who just couldn't be there because of the pandemic. They weren't having anyone from the West Coast. So you had Statlander missing during the early days of the pandemic as well. And during that whole two month run that they kind of put together in two days, they had three women who were part of the division. And, I, like, yeah, you had uh, Brandy Rhodes was still there, but she was working as brand officer during that time as well and probably doing a lot of backstage work and at the time didn't have much story going into it. Uh, Ali was missing, so you didn't have anyone else. You literally had three of the main women, which were Penelope Ford, Hikaru Shida, and Britt Baker. And they were the only three they pretty much had during that time. They signed Anna Jay, and then Anna Jay got injured pretty much right after, I think. I don't know. Was it injured or...? Oh, uh, just the yeah, I, I think she's injured, yeah. I think, or something like that, yeah. yeah. Some kind of that took her out yeah, of the game. Something, but pretty much right after signing her, and it was like, okay, great. Um, Britt Baker got injured, uh, um, no, Statlander got injured. Everyone went, well, that's the problem you have building two women. I, I don't think that was ever fair. They didn't just build two women, they didn't have anyone. They don't want to do those things. I, mean, they, I think they've done a very deft job of not having it so that every single week. 
you're having this repeated match like Corbin and Reigns, Corbin and Reigns. Oh, look who it's Corbin and Reigns again. And how oh, Corbin versus Reigns another time. They didn't want to have that match where you just saw the same permutation of three matches over eight weeks. Uh, and I think they did a good job of protecting that by having a lot of uh, jobbing matches. And yes, the jobbing matches are predictable, but it gives a showcase to people who a few of them have been signed. They've not released who they've signed, but they have made it clear that a few people have been signed to developmental contracts uh, during this occasion, women and men. And it looks like they're starting to build that women's division up. But what do you feel about the women's division now? I feel it's getting there. I think, yes, it's taken time, but I think their asses have been kicked by just crap circumstance of crap circumstance, no, to be honest. Yes, I mean, uh, circumstance is one. You know, you, you can't help injuries, but, you know, so many of their major stars did get taken out. The only thing that I will say is I would like more of it. You know, I, 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 wrestling companies in general still seem to book the women's division like it was a segment on the show, right? You usually get one women's segment per wrestling show. Like, that's crazy, man. You know, book the stuff that you have the best stories for. And that kind of pertains to WWE and, and other companies too. But no, I, I think it's in a good shape. I think, I mean, Britt Baker is one of my favorite characters of the year. So it'd be hard to criticize oh, yeah. uh, the, the, the roster. I think Sheeta is awesome. That promo yesterday was so understated, but kind of made her seem like some kind of serial killer. I don't think that was intentional, but that's how it came across. No, the potential is there. We need to get everybody healthy again. And uh, yeah, we just need to, we need to build the stories like we're building the stories in the tag and the men's. And once we do that, I don't think there'll be a problem at all. So I think they are fighting a little bit of an uphill battle on it, just in the small sense with the ratings, because ratings are important to them as much as they're not to us. But a lot of the fans they're bringing back, because AEW hasn't dented WWE's um, ratings. They've made that clear. WWE were getting ratings they were going to get. And AEW's fans have been a lot more diverse from outside of WWE. And a lot of people like myself, when I went away from WWE, and this is horrible, but the, the women's matches when I finally went away from it were just terrible. It was brown panties matches every week. And you had people like Trish Stratus barking like a bloody dog. And it was like, I felt so sorry for them because it's never done that for me. The, the, the titillation was never something that put me in. It, it got to a certain point where the women's match in a, a, a pay-per-view was treated so poorly that the amount of people that were just treated that like the pee break because they were just like, if you weren't interested in seeing women sexualized in front of your face, if you, if you actually wanted to see wrestling, you weren't getting that. And I think a lot of the people who've been brought back to wrestling, that's the last experience they have with women's wrestling. So they're trying to change their minds. And you can see it with the audience because look at that first uh, Nyla Rose and Riho match, the crowd before the wrestlers even got out dead, like dead. The rest of the crowd have been really live, really rowdy through everyone's entrances, through everything. The moment Riho and uh, Nyla Rose got introduced and uh, were brought out to the ring on that first dynamite, the crowd just died. And that's before they'd even got in the ring. That's before they took an even a little bit of wrestling because their attitude uh, was so ingrained into them by years of WWE's booking of that kind of system. There were a lot of these people who went away from it when WWE was. Uh, at, was doing that and a lot of people's reason for going away from it was things like that uh i think they're struggling to kind of shake that kind of mentality i think it's getting there but you still see some people and they still go i just don't like women's wrestling and and i don't get it personally because they're they're doing a phenomenal job of building these wrestlers up and like as you say Britt baker is character of the year from everyone kind of discounting her when she first came in and going, ah, she's not living up, to suddenly being the person you want to see on your screen every five minutes of the show. <laughs> um, it's amazing, but I think they're, they're doing a lot of changing people's minds on what women's wrestling is, because it's good to say that WWE have had that evolution moment and changed women's wrestling uh, for the better, but a lot of the people watching AEW haven't really seen that, I don't believe. A lot of the casuals especially haven't really seen that change because WWE only had that change in what 2015 16 
Yeah, still, yeah, still brand new. Hence why that karaoke segment they did recently sent people's jaws dropping because we, we had a massive change to that degree over the last few years. I think it's important to remember that it's still early days with AEW. We're not even a year into their TV show. Exactly. I'm sure, I'm sure they will sort it. And I like it. I like the show. In fact, you know, call me whatever you want to call me. As, as, to, as to date, not one episode of Dynamite has gotten overall down because they know what to expect and they deliver on it every single week. And they don't have a lot of nonsense. <laughs> and I like the nonsense, but it doesn't mean they're not... I, I can, I can enjoy nonsense and still realize it's not being a benefit to the overall product. But we will see. We will see. Um, do not forget that Extreme Rules is this Sunday as well as Slammiversary. I'm going to try and get another podcast done before then so we can predict it. But even if I can't, check out What Culture Wrestling because my predictions will be going up there either today or tomorrow. But for now, Baz, thank you very much for joining me, man. I always appreciate our chats. Oh, mate, it's absolute pleasure. And thank you very much for all the massive amounts of hours of entertainment you've provided me during this <laughs> pandemic because i swear some days the only sense of time i get is sitting down listening to pro wrestling podcasts going okay well, it's okay Baz. everything's fine oh, you're good, good. Dude, everything's good in the world. <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a man who holds himself to uh, to high standards that means a lot to me dude I'm my, I'm my own biggest critic so that yeah that's very kind of you thank you uh, and thank you to everybody that you know either sends me messages uh, saying similar things I promise you every time I read one I have a moment of I don't know how this is happening but it's very awesome that it is uh, if you want to come on the podcast remember you can patreon.com forward slash Simon316 thanks to my partners at pinsandknuckles.com pinsandknucklesmerch.com for actually they've changed that now I need to get a new URL I think it's wrestling merch or something like that I will go out of my way to get it come say hello at Simon316 or Instagram or Twitter and again check out my YouTube channel just search for Simon Miller come find me on Twitch tv forward slash simon miller 316 and yes i may talk to you over the weekend but if not i will talk to you next week